0: Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie, host and head bookologist here at the Get Literate Podcast. I'm a book-loving, notebook reader and writer on a mission to change lives, one book and one notebook at a time. On this podcast, we explore the power of bookology and leading literate lives. We talk all things books and reading and notebooks and writing mixed in with mindful practices and creativity to create lives we love. You can expect regular weekly episodes focused on three books you need to know about on a bookish theme, and how to bring those themes to life in our actual lives too. You can also expect author interviews, notebooking inspiration, and topics to help us grow through what we go through and take inspired action to make our lives better. So grab a notebook and your TBR list and let's get literate. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Get Literate Podcast. I'm Stephanie, your friendly bookologist, here to help you make your reading and writing life even better in 2024. Before we hop into today's content, which is all about my brand new notebook stack and TBW list, I just had to share a book recommendation with you. This is the first book that I read in 2024, and it's going to be very hard to top it. I loved it that much. The book I'm talking about is The Book That Matters Most by Anne Hood. This book is a tribute to so many things. The power of books to heal, the power of a bookish community to support and lift up its members, the complications of family, the heartache of loss, and the potential for hope always. I was enamored with Ava, and the cast of characters surrounding her, her daughter Maggie, her mother Charlotte, a bookstore owner, and even a police investigator. Together, they told the story of a heartache that followed them throughout their lives, but one that was consoled with a particular book. On a mission to heal, both Ava and Maggie find solace in books, themselves in the pages and each other too. This book is just everything that I want a book to have. So if you want a story that you can get immersed into, if you want a story where you can connect to the multiple characters across multiple timelines, and if you just want a book that's gonna remind you of the power of books, then The Book That Matters Most by Anne Hood is one that I think you should add to your TBR list. Now, that was a quick little plug for The Power of Books. But today, we are gonna talk about the power of notebooks, a whole stack of them in particular. So each year, I share my notebook stack to give you an idea of what my writing life is like, what I hope it's going to be like, and the notebooks that spark the particular kind of writing I want to engage in. Now, there are many people who will say that the notebook you use for writing doesn't matter. And in a way, it doesn't. I mean, any writing you do anywhere in any kind of notebook or piece of paper is going to be beneficial. You're going to get all those wonderful physical and cognitive and emotional benefits. But for me, there is something special about the notebook itself that I love, the shape of it, the size of it, the color, the feel of it the paper, the way the lines are or are not. All the things come together and all the things really matter to me. That's because I really believe that my notebook is more than a notebook. It is a sacred space. It is all mine and all mine alone. And it prompts me to write. It's basically a tripwire of sorts right? If I have a notebook that is so beautiful and so perfectly me sitting there staring at me, well, it's going to invite me to fill those pages up, whether that's with notes or ideas or sketches or texts or therapeutic writing. Whatever it is, it is a life tool because it reminds me that my words matter no matter what they are because that's the other best thing about a notebook is that it doesn't judge or evaluate it just waits patiently for you so you may have a notebook and maybe you don't care too much of what that notebook looks like but I'm here to tell you maybe it does and maybe indulging that notebookish side of you and letting yourself choose a notebook that's perfect for you and the kind of writing you want to do will actually help your writing life be better you know that I'm a fan of Gretchen Rubin And she has all of these wonderful aphorisms that I tend to think about all the time. And one of them that really applies here today is this. Beautiful tools make work a joy. And instead of work, let's insert what we call our writing. Beautiful tools make writing a joy. Beautiful tools make journaling a joy. Or beautiful tools make notebooking a joy. Whatever the word is, whatever the practice is for you, having the right notebook can make all the difference in the world. So before we get into what my 2024 notebook stack looks like, I want you to take a few minutes and dream about your ideal notebook. Now, I know I've been saying the perfect notebook, but we know there's really no such thing as anything that is perfect or perfection but we might be able to come pretty darn close. What kind of notebook will call to you to write in it? That's what I want you to think about today. So let's just take a minute and dream. If you are driving or multitasking, maybe you can just think about this in your head. If you are not and you're home maybe you grab a notebook or a piece of paper and you actually jot down some initial gut responses to these questions i don't want you to think very hard about these questions i want to ask the question and i want whatever pops up into your mind to be the first thing that registers the first thing you consider the first thing you write down because it's those gut reactions that kind of come from the subconscious Let's show us what kind of notebook we might want. Okay, are you ready? Here are the questions I want you to consider. How large do your notebook pages need to be? Right, how large do they need to be? Do you want a typical letter size eight and a half times 11 page where you write in full pages or Does the full page overwhelm you a bit? And so you want maybe an A4 or an A5, which is a little bit smaller so that those pages fill up more quickly. Or do you need a particular size so it can fit into your bag or fit into your notebook because you know that you want your journal to travel with you? So how large do you want or need your notebook and the pages of paper inside? Next. Let's think about page type, which do you prefer? Blank paper, dotted paper, or lined pages? And if you do prefer dotted or lined pages, how dark do you want them to be? Do you want them just to be light guidelines like I typically do? Or do you want them to be more defined so that you can really feel like you're organized on the page? All of us typically have a preference here. Now, it may come down to your purpose for the notebook, and we'll talk about that later when we get to my notebook stack. But for now, what's your gut reaction that you prefer? Blank, dotted, or lines? Now, where does the spiral edge of the notebook suit you? Do you want it at the, on the side of the notebook, or do you prefer it at the top so you can flip it open like a sketchbook? Or maybe you don't want a spiral edge at all, and you just want a threaded spine. Maybe you want a small binder filled with paper instead so that you can remove them. Or maybe you want a disc-bound notebook instead. What's your gut reaction? I typically am a spiral girl and sometimes threaded. I've got a little bit of everything in my stack today, though. Okay, next up, do you need your notebook pages to be removable? Okay, well, some of us are content to just go willy-nilly in our notebook, you know, have sticky notes, dog ear the pages, have a table of contents at the front so we know where all of our goodness is. Others can't deal with that. They need to be able to organize and reorganize their notebook as their notebooking evolves. What is your gut personality reaction to that? Do your pages have to be removable or not? If they do, then you're going to want to go to a a disc bound or a binder. Next up, how durable does your collection need to be? How strong does your notebook need to be, right? If you are on the go a lot and you know your notebook is going to follow you, then you probably need a notebook with a hard cover or at least something pretty sturdy so that it can withstand being pushed and pulled in and out of different bags. If it's going to stay at home, then maybe you can do a really nice soft cover because it's not going to get tossed around and that's just fine. Or maybe you really like one that had a soft cover, but you decided to amplify it a bit and you put some contact paper on that and you made it stronger yourself. Now I do have one more question for you, right? So, so far we've talked about the size of the notebook, the size of the pages, the kind of pages, what the edge is like, and if the pages need to be removable. We also can talk about paper durability in addition to the outer cover. Do you like thin paper, medium paper, or do you love a really thick, good quality paper? That matters when you wake up in the morning for those morning pages and you're writing on the most luxurious paper You just feel differently when you write, or at least I do. Now, last question. As you went through all of those questions I just asked you, maybe you were thinking, hey Steph, I actually prefer something digital. I prefer a digital notebook and a stylus instead of the feel of a pen gliding across the page. Now, I do both. I do a lot of digital writing. I do a lot of old school writing, and for me, Nothing will ever replace the feeling of the pencil or the pen gliding over the paper. Not only that, the research shows that all of those benefits of writing come best when they are written by hand, old school. That doesn't mean that we don't get anything out of digital writing. It just means that we get even more when we're doing the old fashioned um the old fashioned way of writing and manipulating all those brain waves and synapses and all the things. So, there's my little plug that even if you prefer digital writing, go get yourself a notebook. Okay. So, gut reactions, hold them in your head, write them down, head online to browse, go to Target, go to Michael's, go to wherever you get your notebooks from and grab one that's perfect for you or ideal for you. And you might be thinking, Steph, you are totally going over the top with this, but I'm not. I'm really not. Don't overthink it. Just think about what you'd like and honor those preferences. I promise you, it will likely make a difference in your writing life, or at least how you feel about heading to your writing life. So now that we have taken the time to think about your own notebook possibilities, it is time to share mine. Now I'm gonna talk about these in no particular order. I have eight notebooks that I am writing in this year. Let that sink in for a second, eight. And yes, I had eight last year, but they are different notebooks this year. And I know what you're thinking, how in the world could you write in eight notebooks every day? Well, I don't, silly. (laughs) We wouldn't be doing anything else. These are eight notebooks that are central to my life in one way or another across the day, a week, a month, or even a quarter. These are not notebooks that I write in every single day. Some of them are. Some of them are. Some of them I write long form. Some of them are single sentence journals. Some of them I write in every day. Some of them I might grab once a week. Why am I telling you about all eight? Because all eight are important to me. They serve a different purpose. They make me feel like I have a strong writing life. And of course, the best part is that every single one of them makes my actual life better in some way. I mean, that's the point, right? We write to choose a bigger life, to choose a better life. And all of these notebooks do that for me. So let me just list through what the eight are. And then I'll go through them one by one and give you a description of what they look like and feel like. And then you can head online to the show notes and you can see pictures of each one of these two. So here they are in no particular order. I've got my courage notebook, my little book of big ideas notebook, my one line a day, five-year journal, my writing notebook, my morning page notebook, my bookish quote journal, my content notebook, and my monthly planner. Those are my eight notebooks in my notebook stack. And by the way, there will be one or two added later on at the end of the year, but that's because I add a holiday notebook and a 30-day challenge notebook to the lineup in later on. Let's say I start the holiday notebook at the end of October and the 30-day challenge in December. But today, I just want to focus on the core eight. Okay, so let's dive in. Number one, my courage notebook. Might be thinking, what the heck is a courage notebook? Well, it's a notebook where you track those little daily actions of courage you're taking and whatever aspect of your life you want to take them. I first heard of this 20 seconds of courage and this daily act of courage from Kathy Heller. You know, I love her podcast, the Kathy Heller podcast. And I took her course on how to have a podcast. And for her, the number one way to grow wasn't algorithms. It wasn't Facebook ads. It was taking five acts of courage each day and sharing your work with five other people. That's it. That's how it could grow organically. Fast forward to just a week or two ago, and I saw that Emma Gray, one of the authors, one of the Zibby authors that I love, posted this printable called 100 Acts of Courage. And she was challenging herself to do 100 things that required a little bit more courage than what she currently had to push her out of her comfort zone. I combined Kathy's ideas of reaching out to five different people and having five different acts of courage with Emma's ideas of having 100 acts of courage to just make life bigger and better. And I put it together in a little miniature journal. Now, why do I need a notebook for this? Because if I don't have a reminder to do these daily acts of courage, I just won't do them. I'm not a courageous person by default. (laughs) And this notebook just sitting there on the table reminds me that I could do a little something to push my own boundaries. So this notebook is super tiny. It's one that I got in a pack of three at Target. It's this beautiful pale pink color. It says, get curious on the cover. And it is a threaded spine on the left. It fits in the palm of my hand and is this itty bitty reminder to choose a bigger life. So that is my Courage Notebook. My second notebook is called The Little Book of Big Ideas. I adore this notebook my daughter bought this for me. She bought it at Target. It actually says the little book of big ideas. It's a thick spiral bound notebook, but the notebook itself is tiny. If I were to lay it in my hand, it actually takes up most of my hand. So it's a little tall, but it's thin. And the covers are this really durable kind of fabric cardstock, and it's got one of those lovely ribbons that holds it tight. Why do I need to hold this book tight? Because this is my purse notebook. This is the notebook that I carry with me when all of those random things come into my head, often ideas at the weirdest moments. This is the notebook that I capture all of those in. So I love that it's called the litter book of big ideas. It's spiral bound, but I could tear each page out because each page is perforated. And I like that. Because once I'm back home, I can take that idea into wherever I need it, in my office and whatever place of the house I had the idea and I could keep it there. So this is perfect because it's durable, it has the ribbon, it's small and it is portable. And so that's why it's my purse notebook or my little book of big ideas. Number three is a notebook I am now starting my third year using. It's my one line a day, a five-year memory notebook. I always thought that it was just too late to start a five-year journal. I should have done that when the kids were little. I should have done that when the kids were younger than what they are, back when we did all the fun things that I would have loved to held on to. But it's never too late for a five-year notebook. So I literally started this in 2022. And every day I write one thing I want to hold on to from the day. Usually it's something positive. Sometimes it's just something boring that happened. Um, Other times it just might be some sort of random thing that I've been thinking about. But it's this wonderful notebook where you can look back and see on any given day of the year what you were doing over the last five years so i could open up to let's see august 3rd and in 2022 i could see that my oldest son was playing a fake game of wiffle ball in the kitchen the kitchen floor that was newly mopped i heard the swing and then i heard this fall and then i heard him laugh right? i remember that 2022 i would not have remembered that if i didn't write it down 2023 August 3rd was the first day that my youngest son finally put in his contacts for the first time after months of trying. So these are little things that we probably wouldn't have held on to unless we wrote them down. So my notebook is, it's small. It's another one that I could just balance in the palm of my hand. It's chunky and very thick. I do wish that I got one a little bit bigger. So I had a little bit more room for the pages, but I'm gonna fill this one up until it's time for the next five-year journal. I love it because it's very colorful. There are stripes, colorful stripes on the front and every open page spread is a different color. So it's just this rainbow of colors, this happy place, this joyful place. And I write in it in colorful markers. All of my other notebooks typically are just in this one mechanical pencil that I like, but my five-year notebook is only in colorful felt-tip pens because I want this book to feel really good and really, really joyful. And I love it. I have written in it every single day since 2022. Now, I'll admit, sometimes I might miss a day. And then when I see it on my desk, I quickly put in something from the last two days but I typically don't miss many days because I've come to love it so much and I have it front and center on my desk. So it's the first thing I do every morning when I come down to write. I think about the day before and I write about it that morning. Sometimes I might get to it in the evening, but I'm not a very good evening routine kind of person. It's my morning routine that saves me. So I will write in that every morning and just review what I did in the last year or the last two years as I look back. If you don't have a five-year journal yet, please go get one. Even if you think it's too late, even if you think you have nothing to put down, you do. You really, really do. And I think you would love seeing what this looks like over time. So there are my first three notebooks. Next up is my actual writing notebook. This is a notebook where I'm writing. (laughs) I know, I know I'm writing in all of them, but I'm actually trying to write something that will eventually be seen by the public, right? My other notebooks are just mine. Nobody sees them, nobody needs to know what's in there, but this notebook I write with the intent of sharing. So the current one that I have is the one I started for National Novel Writing Month in November of 2023. No, I still haven't finished it, but yes, I got farther than I ever thought I would. And I just write long form in here. I write ideas for books, whether they're fiction or nonfiction. I write ideas for blog posts in here. This is the notebook that I brainstorm specifically for writing to share with others. Right now, the only thing in this particular notebook is the draft of that middle grade novel, because that's really what I want to finish working on. Now this notebook is a little bit larger than my hand, but it's not an eight and a half by 11. It's not even an A5, I don't think. It's a little bit smaller. It has beautiful, colorful stripes on it. Are you getting this theme? I love my notebooks to look pretty. It's got a soft blue opening page and end cover. And there is a striped folder that pulls out in the back. So kind of like a accordion folder, I could pull it out and I could tuck things in there. Currently, I've got sticky notes, some written on, some new for when I need them, and also I usually tuck in a pencil in there um, just in case I'm somewhere I can't find one and I need to write it down. So that is my writer's notebook. It is durable. It is the hardcover. It does have the ribbon as well because sometimes I do like to take this places when I know I'll be able to write. And I I don't want the cover to get bent. I don't want those pages to get smushed or ruined. And so this one is nice and durable too. Up next, up next is the notebook. It's the notebook that I attempt to write in long form every day. And that's my morning page notebook. You know I love morning pages. I have talked a lot about morning pages, and recently I was in a morning page slump that I am currently getting myself out of, and I will talk about more on the podcast at another time. And essentially I'm kind of getting out of it because of the new journal jar that I've created for myself. So more to come on that, but just know that this notebook comes with a jar right beside it. This notebook is an A5. And it's a notebook with a notebook cover. So a couple of years ago, my husband got me this. It's I want to say it's leather, but I don't think it's real leather. It's a Michael Kors notebook cover. We have a Michael Kors outlet by us, and you can get such good deals on these notebook covers. And it came with paper that had just the right spacing of the lines and just the right lightness of the lines that I instantly knew it was going to be my morning page notebook. Now, many people write in eight and a half by 11 size notebooks for morning pages. That's typically what Julia Cameron says, right? Three full pages of writing. My hands can't handle that much writing without them starting to hurt and ache. So that's why mine is a bit smaller. And I'll do between two and three pages every morning, depending on how it feels. But two to three smaller pages is better than no big pages at all. So in my morning page notebook, I write, anything and everything. Some days I'm venting, some days I'm complaining, other days I'm planning, other days I'm dreaming, other days I'm not quite sure what I'm doing and I'm just writing about nothing. And other days I'm being creative. But the idea is that you are writing. So if you wanna go back, you can find other episodes on Morning Pages on this podcast, but know that a couple more are coming up especially because in 2024, I'm really diving into Julia Cameron's new book called Write for Life. And so I'm going to experiment with my morning pages a bit and bring you the results of those pages. Now, what I love about it, though, is that when one of my notebook inserts are done, I can just hide them away secretly and refill it with another. So the look of my morning page journal never changes. It's always this beautiful yellowish cover, but the paper inside does. And I just refill it with a thick moleskin cashier's notebook that has those light lines and it works and fits perfectly. Although it did take me a while to figure out which notebook was going to fit this cover, but I wasn't giving the cover up. So that is my morning pages. The cover is durable and it does have the ribbon I love to keep it closed, but it does not travel with me. Unless I'm traveling, and that hasn't happened a lot lately, it stays in the same place completely out of everyone's vision. But I just love the look of it and the fact that it looks safe and secure. So my writing feels safe and secure in it too. Now, next up is a notebook that I only write in every so often. Remember, I don't write in all of these every day. And this is my quote notebook. I love. Quotes. I love collecting them online. I love jotting down mic drop moments that I hear people say. And I especially love collecting quotes from books, right? You know that I think books can help us grow through what we go through. And part of that is because of these lines of wisdom that the author puts in the pages. And so I love lifting them out. Yes, they are sticky noted, yes, they may be annotated in the book. But once they go back on the shelf, I forget about them. I lose them. But in this notebook, I keep all of the quotes that I love from all of the books that I read in the same notebook. So that way, every time I get it back out, I just browse the other pages and I'm reminded of all of those little nuggets that I have read about. And they just remind me of something that made me feel better or learn something in the moment. So I love having them separate in a notebook that I could refer to at any time. Now, some books, I've got 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 quotes that I write down. Some books, I only have one. And of course, other books, I don't have any. So this is a notebook that I come to only when I need to. I don't push myself to uncover a quote in every book. If the mood strikes me and I like it, I sticky note it, and then I come write it in the notebook as soon as the book is complete. This is another beautiful notebook that I got from Target. It is a oh, how do I explain the cover? It's like a hard cardstock, but a hard, smooth, shiny cardstock. I don't know if you can hear me rubbing it because the it just glides so nicely, and it's a beautiful flower print it just says notebook it is lightly lined pages more college ruled than line than wide ruled because that's what i like and it is thread bound on the side it is also chewed up because my puppy zeke when he was a puppy last year this was the notebook he would reach into my notebook bag yes i have a basket at the side of my desk on the side of my desk at my feet with all of my notebooks in them so that I can just reach down and grab the one I need. And he reached in and grabbed this one and decided to chew the corner. There were already so many quotes in it, I didn't want to redo the notebook. And so now whenever I pick it up, I'm just reminded of that cute, but very naughty dog that I have. So that is my quote notebook next up this one is brand new for 2024 i actually haven't even written the first word in it because i have three or four more pages in my old one but this is i i call it my ideas notebook right not the me and my big ideas or the little book of big ideas and my purse but it's my professional notebook i should probably say my content notebook It's where I plan these episodes for the podcast. It's where I plan the episodes for my Kid Lit Love podcast. It's where I plan upcoming workshops or coaching sessions or the book of Apothecaries that I create for other people. I have one notebook that houses all of it. And this notebook is one of my favorites because there's so much creative thinking that goes on inside. So this notebook is a gold spiral bound and The cover is is a cardstock. It's not quite as durable as some of my others, but it is a dark bluish teal, and it says Pretty Notes and Thoughts Notebook. How How fun is that? Now, why do I love this notebook so much? Because of the pages. I have had a notebook that I have loved for about two years. I found it at the dollar store and I loved it so much for the paper quality, for the lightness of the lines, for the little line at the top, right, where I could write the date I bought, I bought the dollar store out of them. And so far I've been able to use them, but now I only have three pages left in that notebook. And I was searching and searching and searching for this notebook so that I could keep using it. And I couldn't find it. I was working at a school one day And I said to the administrator, who also happens to be a friend, when I saw her notebook, I said, where did you get that? This is the notebook I want. It's the same paper. It has light lines. It has a spot for the date at the top. It's got that big, chunky spiral with spaces in between. And I think she said something like Marshall's or Home Goods. And I remembered that I should go look. But then not too much long later, one arrived in the mail. me, courtesy as a gift from her because she knew how much I adored hers. So this notebook is so special because it's one that I love that has everything I want for my professional notebook, but it also came as a gift from a really thoughtful friend. This one is eight and a half by 11. I need those big pages when I am doing some professional planning and I cannot wait to put the first word in this notebook this week. That was number seven if you are counting. We are on to number eight. And number eight is a notebook slash planner. I have a monthly planner where I plan all the content of my professional bookish world. So Get Literate podcast episodes, Kid Lit Love episodes, Patreon episodes for my Get Literate bonus community, my social media posts the bookish events that I want to attend, both in person and virtual, books that came across my radar that I want to read in the month, notebook prompts that I found and I want to jot down. This monthly planner notebook organizes my bookish and my notebookish life. And I have gone through a lot of different possibilities. Last year, I used Emily Lay's simplified calendar. And it was a monthly calendar that also had weekly page spreads. And I realized I did not use any of those weekly page spreads at all. I didn't need them. I just wanted a monthly notebook so that I could literally see how my episodes and my posts and all of the things just fell together. So this year, I specifically went out to purchase a monthly planner. And I looked at a lot of them. I looked at Erin Condren. I looked at the Happy Planner. I looked at plum paper. Here's the problem. I didn't want to spend a whole lot because I know how much I go through notebooks. I know that I might change my mind of what I want later in the year. And I knew I just wanted something cheap yet functional. So off to Amazon, I went and I found what I believe is the perfect planner for my purposes. It's a 24 month monthly planner. And that's it so when you open it up, I do have a yearly overview that gives you all of the months of the year for 2024 and 25. Then I have a space for adding contacts and important information, but after that, it's just a monthly calendar. So each two-page monthly spread, it's blown up larger so that there's a lot of space to write in the in the days. This is an eight and a half by eleven calendar. On that page is also a little section for a to-do list and a quick glance at the month before and the month ahead. And if you turn the page, each month also has a two-page spread of notes. So I've got a section for important dates, monthly goals, monthly tasks, monthly notes. And then if I turn the page again, it hops to the next month. So it is only what I wanted, which was a monthly spread and a space to record some additional things to help me plan. The best part, though, comes in the back because this has a pocket, too. I've got sticky notes in here. I've got something to write with. I've got pages from my old calendar of last year of things that I don't want to forget. And it's nice and thin and streamlined. It is not spiral bound. It is the threaded sewn spine instead and as you know that i love it has the ribbon to keep it closed so it's nice and thin and streamlined and can pop into a bag or just stay in my notebook basket at the side of my desk where my feet are or it could travel with me if i need it to i really think this is going to be the planner that i stick with it's beautiful it's this soft pink with this kind of naturey line art cover that I just adore. It just makes me feel calm looking at it, which is what we wanna feel when you're thinking about your monthly calendar and the craziness of all of our days. So there you have it. There are my eight notebooks that I am writing in across the days, across the weeks, across the months. Now later, as I mentioned, a 30-day challenge notebook will appear in December when I complete Alex Benayan's 30 day challenge. And the holiday notebook, a really fun notebook that I make and design myself, comes in late October to early November to get me in gear for the holidays. So now that you know what my notebook stack is, let's talk about my TBW list. I have three TBWs to be written. Right? To be written ideas that I plan to put in my notebook. And these in particular are for my morning page journal. First up is a list of lists from Suleika of the isolation journals. She wrote that amazingly beautiful, heartachingly beautiful book between two kingdoms. And she has a sub stack called isolation journals. And every year she recommends that her almost said listeners, her subscribers, write five lists. And that's what I'm going to do this week. List number one, what are the things you were proud of over the last year? List number two, what are the things you are yearning for? List number three, what's causing you anxiety right now? List number four, what are the resources, skills, and practices you can rely on in the coming year? And number five, what are your wild, most hair-brained ideas and dreams? I love lists and I love reflection. These lists to me just feel good. They feel like they would get at the root of some things in my own life. What's going well, what's not. But I love the twist on it. What are you yearning for? And yes, what's causing anxiety, but also what resources, skills, and practices can you rely on for yourself? So, I just love the balance of those lists. So, maybe you get out your ideal notebook that you ran out and purchased, and you write five lists for yourself as well. Up next on my TBW is from Tara Schuster. She is the author of By Yourself, The Effing Lilies, and she also has a Substack. I'm noticing a Substack theme here lately with writers. And in one of her recent emails, she was talking about a book that she read called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And she put some pretty provocative questions that she wanted us to think about in the new year. And I have never seen anyone else recommend this particular set of questions and I've never reflected on it myself. And so I I knew this was a prompt that I needed. And here's the first one. How many assumptions do you make in a given day? How many assumptions do you make in a given day? When were those assumptions correct? When were they off base? And how can you stop making assumptions and ask for clarity instead? This is me, everyone. This is me. I am a signal reader for better or for worse. I hear a sigh and I interpret it. If you're mad at me, if you're angry at me, if you're bored. I see an eye roll and I think something's wrong. And in fact, there's just an eyelash stuck in someone's eye. I am the queen of interpreting signals that shouldn't always be interpreted. And that can get me in a little bit of hot water. And it can also make me feel really awful when I don't need to feel really awful. So this prompt is something that I definitely need to spend some time with, along with why I feel the need to make assumptions about everything. So that is a powerful one that I will be writing about. And then number three, Number three is more of a quote that I found that I turned into a writing prompt. If you've heard about the Miracle Morning, then you may have heard this quote or this prompt like it before. Um, Hal Elrod is the creator of Miracle Morning, which is basically a series of things he thinks we should do every morning to have the best day and ultimately the best life ever. And he talks about He talks about a lot of wonderful things, but recently on one of the podcasts I was listening to, he said he wants to wake up every morning and fill his cells with unwavering faith. And that line just stuck with me. What if every morning we filled ourselves with unwavering faith in ourselves, in those we loved, in the world? What would that do? What would that change? How would how would we change how we felt in a given day? Still can't get that quote out of my mind. And so I've turned it into a prompt that I'm going to take to my morning pages and is one of the first prompts going in my journal jar. What would I infuse my cells with unwavering faith in? I just want to think about that in a couple of different ways. What would I infuse my cells with unwavering faith in? Myself, those I love, right? fill in the blank, what would it be like to fill yourselves with unwavering faith? And what would you fill them with? That is my third TBW. And as I mentioned, it's going in my journal jar. I have this cute Mason jar. My grandmother and aunt actually gifted it to me as a Christmas present filled with my favorite homemade vanilla frosting as one of my Christmas presents. (laughs) And I ate it and washed it, and it's just the perfect little size mason jar with a cover that I've got a ribbon around, and I got these cute little yellow business card sized journal cards, and I'm just gonna simply write down prompts as I find them. Now, I've done this in the past. I have prompts saved on my favorites bar. They're scattered throughout my notebook. They're in a Google Keep file, but I never had them when I need them, which is when I'm writing at five in the morning. And so I'm going to keep this journal jar with my bright yellow cards next to my morning pages journal with my bright yellow cover, and then set my coffee cup right next to it, which happens to look like a sweater with yellow lettering that says, take today one sip at a time. I mean, how, how perfect does that sound to start your morning? All right, we have talked a lot about getting our writing life off to a good start in 2024. We've spent some time thinking about our perfect notebook, or shall I say our ideal notebook. I walked through what my eight notebooks are that I'll be writing in throughout the year, and I shared a couple of my TVWs so that you can get a head start in writing in your notebook too. Now, you've got to know what's coming next, Right. I want to know what you think. I want to know what your ideal notebook looks like. I want to see what your ideal notebook looks like. And if you have a notebook stack, I would love for you to share your stack too. If you go online to the show notes at alitlife.com, you'll be able to see what my actual notebooks look like. I've got a picture of the stack in different angles, as well as a picture of all of the notebooks separately so that you can see what they look like. I would love for you to tell me about your stack in the comments of those show notes, or better yet, snap a picture of them and tag me on social media. Add it as a post, put it as a story, put it in a direct message to me. I really get a kick out of seeing everyone's notebooks because we are so unique and our writing is so special to each of us. I just love seeing how those differences show up in the notebooks we choose. And here's a request for you. If you are on Threads, I would love for you to post and tag me on Threads too. I am not, I'm there, but I'm not really there, if you know what I mean. I post on Instagram, I post on Twitter, I post on Facebook. I just haven't been able to get on the Threads bandwagon yet. So if you are, I would love for you to post it there and tag me to give me a little incentive, a little push to get me there. So I'm hoping that this really got your brain thinking. It got your mind spinning of what your writing life could be in 2024. Don't forget, find me in the show notes and leave a comment. Tag me on your favorite social media platform, especially threads using Afinito Lit. Or of course, just leave me an audio message. You can click the button inside of your favorite podcast platform and you can find me there. One more place, though, if you are on Facebook, you can head to our free Facebook group. It's for all things A Lit Life, for the Get Literate podcast, for the Kid Lit Love podcast, and all the bookish and no bookish things in between. And the fun part is that for people who do post, they often get some unexpected bookish snail mail as a thank you for being part of the community and contributing to the conversation. So I hope to see you in one of those places, and I especially hope to see your notebook stack as well. Have a wonderful rest of the week and happy writing, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at alitlife.com. Plus, if you want more, you might like to join my Patreon community. There, you'll find additional inspiration for your reading and writing life, like bonus podcast episodes, bibliotherapy book calendars, monthly book clubs, notebooking challenges, live events, giveaways, and much, much more. It's only $5 a month, and you get instant access to all of the previous content, too. You can learn more at getliterate.co. And one more thing. If you love what you listened to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish and notebookish community too. Thanks for listening.